car had a... Whoa, my car had a... All right. Uh, hey, it wasn't me. You saw my hands were here, and I'm not magic. So, uh, listen, uh, they, uh, the car had a tire that just kept going down. It wouldn't go all at once. It wasn't a blowout, but it kind of go down. And so I took it in to have it fixed. And they said, oh, you're fixed. Good to go. So I put the tire on. A few days later, it was low again. Now, what's going on? So I took it in. They said, it's fixed. And, uh, and so it, uh, it was uh, fixed. And this time, it actually has stayed fixed. But in the process of that and through some conversations, I was reminded of something that I had heard years ago, but you kind of, kind of let things go by the wayside. And that is that, that a, a tire on an automobile or tires on an automobile that are not properly inflated will cost you mileage in your fuel. And so I, I kind of took a little look at that. A, a group at Carnegie Mellon University students determined that the average driver, even at today's gas prices, which, by the way, are down, could save about $235 annually in fuel by keeping their tires properly inflated. Now, I thought that was an interesting fact, that, that even at, at lower fuel prices you could save that kind of money uh, over the course of the year simply by keeping your tires properly inflated. The thought also came that, that why is that a continual process? Well, tires over time, slowly, 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 will lose air. And as they lose air, we really don't notice it. We don't pay that close of attention to it because the car will continue to go. It will get us from point A to point B and do all the things that it's supposed to do. It just doesn't do it as efficiently as it should when we lose pressure in our tires. If something happens to the engine, we know it immediately, right? If it begins to knock or it begins to miss or something begins to take place, then, then suddenly we go, oh, we've got to get this fixed. There's a problem here. And we know it right away. Not so with the tires. The tires will continually, slowly lose air and in that affect the efficiency of the car to perform the way that it should. And, uh, and so in regards to that, I begin to think about our spiritual life. And, and the message I want to share with you today is, is that we need a tough faith for tough times. But how do we develop a tough faith? How do we keep our faith where it needs to be to face the challenging times that we're faced with? Because the same thing happens to our faith that happens to a tire. Is that over time, if we do not pay attention to our faith, if we do not nurture or constantly watch our faith, we will lose strength in our faith. We need to perform daily spiritual maintenance like prayer and worship, Bible study, self-denial, selflessness, service, obedience to the Lord. Those are things that if we practice daily, we'll keep our, our faith strong. But if we neglect those things over time, over weeks, over months, over periods, our faith becomes inefficient. Our faith becomes weak 
so that when we're faced with tough or difficult challenges in life, our, our faith is not prepared to meet that challenge. Our faith is not ready to stand up against that attack that might come in our life. So, how can we ensure that our faith won't leave us stranded? That we can keep our faith pumped up, we can keep it strong, we can keep it prepared and and vital and ready to, to face whatever challenges come in life. So, as the author writes in 1 Thessalonians... I believe that in that third chapter, he gives us some direction in regards to that. I want you to listen to what he has to say. Therefore, we're going to talk about that in just a moment, because you know if you've been around here any time at all, you know what I say. If I see the word therefore, I need to ask myself the question, what's it there for? Why is it there? What's going on with that? So, therefore, therefore means based off what we've just said, and we'll go back to that in just a moment. When we could endure it no longer. Sounds like Paul has reached a point that he can't stand it. When we could endure it no longer, we thought it best to be left behind at Athens alone. And we sent Timothy, our brother and God's fellow worker in the gospel of Christ, to strengthen and encourage you as to your faith. Okay, so, so Paul writes to the church at Thessalonica, and he says, We couldn't stand it any longer. We knew that you needed to be strengthened and encouraged in your faith, and so we sent Timothy to help you with that, so that no man may be disturbed by these afflictions. For you yourselves know that we have been destined for this. For indeed, when we were with you, we kept telling you in advance that we were going to suffer afflictions, and so it came to pass, as you know. For this reason, when I could endure it no longer, I also sent to find out about your faith. For fear that the tempter might have tempted you, and our labor should be in vain. Okay, let's stop right there. We're we're going to pick up and read the rest of that in a moment. And, and continue with our thought. But, but let's stop right there for a moment. Now, one of the things is, this passage takes the stance that we already know what's going on. And so let me give you a little backstory so that we're all on the same page as to what's going on. Timothy, Silas, and, and, uh, and Paul have, have gone to Thessalonica to preach the gospel. And in preaching the gospel, there were converts, there were believers. And those believers established a church. And the church <clears throat> began to grow, and things were very good. Suddenly there were problems. Suddenly there was trouble. And in the midst of the trouble, Paul and Silas were driven out of town and forbidden to ever return. They were kicked out of town. Now, think about that for a moment. The local evangelist comes to share the gospel, establishes a church, and he's kicked out of town. Don't come back. Don't want you ever here ever again. So, so they've been gone for a while. And while they've been gone, they've been traveling to, to a few other places. They find themselves in Athens. And so when he writes, he says, we're here in Athens. And we couldn't stand it any longer. We were concerned about you because you were young in your faith, because you were newer Christians. And we were worried that something might have happened to your faith in our absence. And so when we couldn't stand it any longer, we sent Timothy back. 
Okay? Now, first question arises this. Well, if Paul and Silas are exiled from the city, what about Timothy? Well, there's a few things as we look and understand about Timothy. First is this. He's very young. Very, very young. And because of his youthfulness, might not have been perceived as, as much of a threat or an enemy to the town or the city or the people of the government as, as Paul and Silas, who are older, more mature, and, and certainly more established. The other thing is that Timothy's father would, was a Greek. And so because he was a Greek, Timothy probably showed or, or exhibited some of the features or appearance of a Greek. And so to go to Thessalonica, he wouldn't stand out or be as obvious as Paul and Silas because they were Jews. And as Jews, they would have been readily distinguished among everybody else in town. And so Timothy could go and possibly kind of fly under the radar and not be detected. And there's no indication that he was exiled like Paul and Silas. But the idea is if Paul and Silas show back up, there's going to be a real problem. And Paul writes and he says, we couldn't stand it any longer. We had a heart, a pastor's heart, a concerned heart about where your faith was. And, and being young and new Christians, we, we just didn't know. And so we sent Timothy to find out how things are going. So the first thing that I want to talk about this morning in, in relationship to what Paul is sharing here is we need to prepare God's people to endure trials. We need to prepare God's people to endure trials. Paul writes... And as we read through this passage, I want you to notice what he says about the trials or the afflictions that are going to come or going to happen in their life. And and he says this, he says, so, uh, verse 3, so that no man may be disturbed by these afflictions, for you yourselves know that we have been destined for this. He said, afflictions are going to come, trials are going to come, in fact, we're destined for that. As believers, there are going to be those who are going to stand against us. There are going to be those that are going to oppose us. And he says, we're destined for that. For indeed, when we were with you, we kept telling you in advance. Now listen to that. He says, we're telling you in advance that we were going to suffer affliction so that it came to pass, as you know. He said, we were preparing you. We kept telling you in advance that trials are going to come. There are going to be challenges and difficulties and obstacles in your life as a Christian. We have to be very aware of that. God's Word is very clear. There, there's a lot of people today that, that, and for lack of a better term, it's a term that I use, that want to preach and teach the health and wealth gospel. That if you have faith, you'll be healthy, wealthy, and wise, and everything will be wonderful in your life. Scripture doesn't teach that. Scripture says, Paul writes, and he says, listen, we were destined to these afflictions. As a Christian, we know these things are going to happen. In fact, he says, we kept telling you in advance. We were warning you, saying, listen, everything's not going to be roses. Everything's not going to be wonderful. Everything's not always going to go your way. In fact, there are going to be afflictions. And the afflictions are there for a purpose. The inflictions are intentional. They're not accidents. It's not just something that we stumble into. The Scripture says that God disciplines those that He loves. The discipline helps us to grow. So we face trials, challenges, difficulties in our life in order to stretch our faith, in order to help us to grow and mature in our relationship with the Lord. 
And he said, we were destined to this. It was going to happen, and we kept warning you in advance, telling you about trials and challenges and difficulties are going to come, so that what? You could be prepared in your faith. That your faith would be prepared to face the trials that are coming. If I don't know what's coming, I might not be ready for it. If I know that it's coming, at least I have the opportunity. Now, I may not prepare. I may not get ready for it. But if I know it's coming, at least I have the opportunity to prepare. At least I have the opportunity to get ready. I, I think about just last year, a little bit longer than that, uh, when we were facing all of the flooding that we were facing, all of the water that was coming and all the flooding that was occurring all around us. And I think about if people had known how bad that was going to be, if they could have been better prepared for the things that were coming, I saw some of those things that came out that they were like a reverse moat that you could build around your house that was a tube that you could fill up. And when you filled it up, it went all the way around your home and your property, that immediate area, and it would hold out the water like a dam. Well, you know, if we had all known and been prepared for, we could have had one of those and everything would have been okay, right? But if we don't know... We're not ready for it. If we don't know, we're not prepared. But if we know that it's coming, it, it, we have at least the opportunity to prepare and be ready to face it when it arrives. That's what Paul's talking about. He's talking about these believers. They were new Christians at Thessalonica. They, they, they were new believers in the kingdom of God. And he said, we kept telling you in advance that these trials are going to come in order to prepare your faith, in order to, to help you get ready to face the trials and the temptations and the challenges that were going to come in your life. And if we didn't do our part to help you be ready, then we were negligent. Then we didn't do what God sent us to do. But in relationship to that, we have prepared you. We have told you these things were coming. In fact, some of the trials that we faced were when, when Paul and Silas were run out of town and exiled and said, never return. That was one of the trials. That was one of the challenges that they were destined to because they conflicted with the government and, and with the Greek philosophy and, and their theology and their way of life. When they introduced Christianity, it, it was a complete opposite, a polar opposite of, of what the people in that community had been used to. The people in that city had been taught and trained and, and, and shown their whole life. And so they come introducing Christianity, and the ideal is we know there's going to be a problem. When we come teaching and preaching something other than what they've known their whole life, their Greek philosophies and their Greek gods and all those things, we know there's going to be a problem. We know we're going to face issues. And so he said, we've been trying to prepare you for this. And what I want to submit to you this morning is, is that as believers today, we need to prepare God's people to face trials. We, we don't need to, to sugarcoat or candy coat things and go, oh, everything's going to be wonderful, everything's going to be great. You're not ever going to have any problems. You're not ever going to face any trials or challenges or temptations or difficulties in your life. Oh, oh that, that's, those things aren't going to happen. And so people are unprepared. And, and when they're unprepared and they're, they're faced with those attacks, often what happens is they turn their back on God. Often it's when, when Christians are first believers, when they first become a part of the family of God, Satan attacks the most 
vigorous at that time because he thinks if they have time to build their faith and strengthen their faith, which is exactly what Paul is talking about this morning, then it'll be too late. There's no way I can draw them away after they've established their faith. But if they're just new converts, if they're just new believers, that's the time for me to attack. That's the time for me to try to draw them back out of that faith and and to go after them. And so Paul knew these things were going to come. He told them in advance, and he said, what we need to do is prepare you for the trials are going to come in life. And so when we look into God's Word, God's Word is full of teaching and instruction and helping us to understand that the way we face the trials of this life are in our faith. It's not in our ability. It's not in our strength. It's not in our wisdom or knowledge or understanding or any of those things. It's in our faith. It's in trusting in Him and having faith that He is true to His promises, that He will never leave us or forsake us, that He is always with us, that He will see us through. And so our faith begins to grow. Our trust begins to be strengthened. And as our faith and trust trust grow and are strengthened, then we become more prepared to face the trials of this life. If we don't keep it strong, if we don't remain in the Word, if we don't continue in our prayer life, if we're not faithful to worship, then suddenly it's like the tire that begins to lose a little air at a time, a little air at a time, and before you know it, it's uninflated and, and it, is, it is ineffective or efficient in doing what it's supposed to do. Same thing happens to our faith. If we don't keep it strong, if we don't remain faithful to the Word and to prayer and to worship and to service and to obedience to God, little by little our faith gets weaker and weaker and weaker until it becomes ineffective. It becomes inefficient. It's not what it should be. And when the trials come, we're not prepared to face them. And so so God's Word this morning encourages us, instructs us, helps us to know and to see and to understand that we need to prepare ourselves and we need to prepare God's people in order for them to face the trials that are going to come in this life. Notice what he goes on and says there, so that no one would be disturbed by these afflictions. In other words, these trials or these afflictions would not disturb or disrupt your walk with the Lord, your faith, your relationship with Him. For you yourselves know that we have been destined for this. But he says, we don't want these things to disrupt your life. We, we don't want them to disrupt your relationship with the Lord and, and cause you to turn away from Him in the midst of this affliction. We know that you're new in your faith. We know that you're young in your faith. And so we want to be sure that you are prepared. So let's pick up then and continue to read in in 1 Thessalonians, the third chapter, and see what Paul continues to say to them uh, in, in relationship to preparing them for the trials that will come in life. He says this, beginning in verse 5, For this reason, when I could endure it no longer... I also sent to find out about your faith. So here he says, he says, I want to know how you're doing in your faith. I'm concerned, again, remember, about your faith. For fear, this is what he says, for fear that the tempter might have tempted you and our labor should be in vain. In other words, he said, the work that we did in teaching and training and equipping you, he said, I've been worried, I've been concerned with a pastor's heart that that's, the tempter may have come in 
He may have attacked you, and He may have lured you away. And so I've been concerned about your faith and your walk and your relationship with the Lord. So then he continues, But now, now listen to this, this is a powerful truth, but now that Timothy has come to us from you, okay? So he has sent Timothy, Timothy has gone, and Timothy is coming back with a message, with an update of how the believers are doing at Thessalonica. Notice what he says, has brought us good news of your faith and love and that you always think kindly of us, longing to see us just as we also long to see you. He said there's good news. The good news is that because we prepared you to face the trials and the temptations in this life, he said, you stood the test. The good news is when we were run out of town and we were no longer there and available for you, your faith was strong enough that when the other temptations, when the other attacks came, you stood faithful. You have continued in your faith, and your faith has grown. And in fact, he says, you speak, think kindly of us, and you long to see us like we long to see you. For this reason, brethren, in all our distress and affliction, we were comforted about you through your faith. In other words, hearing that your faith is strong gives us strength. Knowing and understand that you're okay makes us Okay, for now we really live if you stand firm in the Lord. He said our life is strengthened, we're we're given vigor, we're given hope, because we know you're standing strong in the Lord. What a powerful testimony to our faith through difficult times. And then verse 9, For what thanks can we render to God for you in return for all the joy with which we rejoice before our God on your account. He said, there's joy in our life because we hear that you're standing strong in your faith. You're ready for the future. And that's the second thing I want us to see today. Pray God's people prepare for future judgment. Pray that God's people prepare for future judgment. And that's what Paul's getting ready to talk about. As we night and day kept praying most earnestly that we may see your face and may complete what is lacking in your faith. So he said, we still want to come we still want to show up. We, we believe there's still things that your faith needs in order to grow and to be strengthened and be mature. And we want to come be a part of that. Yet remember, they're exiled from the city. They, they can't return. They've sent Timothy. Messages come back. Good news. They're standing strong in the faith. And so now he says, we begin to pray. Day and night, most earnestly, we're praying for you. Now may our God and Father Himself and Jesus our Lord direct our way to you. You hear that faith? They're exiled from the city. They're told to never return again. They're trying to figure out how to get back to these people. And Paul says this, there's only one person who can make this happen. We're praying that God will direct our path. We're praying that God will open the doors. We're, we're praying that God will prepare a way and open the opportunity for us to return to fellowship with you again, to teach you again, to worship with you again, to work together that we might grow in our faith. And so they're praying for the future. Listen to what he says in verse 12. And may the Lord cause you to increase and abound in your love for one another and for all men, just as we also do for you. 
so that, here's the reason. Listen to this. He said, I want you to increase for love with one another. I want you to increase for your love for, for all men. Okay? He said, this is important. So that he may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all of his saints. He says, I, I want you to be ready for the final judgment. And preparation for the final judgment means that we grow in our faith that we mature in our relationship with the Lord. And as we mature in that, He says, we pray for you. Earnestly, night and day, we pray that God will open a door, because He's the only one that can, and prepare a way for us to come back to you. That you grow in your faith, that we grow in our faith, that we grow in love for one another and for our fellow man. Doesn't that sound like something that could help our world a lot today? Doesn't that sound like something that could, could heal a lot of the hurt and the division and struggles are going on in our world today, if we grew in love for one another and we grew in love for every man, our fellow man, and we prepared our hearts, listen to what he says, and that you would be blameless and righteous at the return of God and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The final day, the final judgment. Prepared for it. Ready for it. Anticipating it looking for it, longing for it, desiring that God would return so that we could go spend eternity in the kingdom of heaven. How many of us long for that? How many of us are looking for How many of us are saying, oh, oh I want to go, but not yet. No, I'm, I'm not ready right now. Paul says, man, we're looking for that day. We're longing for that day. We want it to come, and we want to be prepared when it comes. And preparation means prayer life. Preparation means study of the Word. Preparation means being prepared means that we are committed and faithful to God. And we grow in our faith and we cause our faith to grow every day. We know we're going to face trials. He said we're destined to that. We know that, that where there are people who do not believe and there are those who, who, who do not embrace God, they will oppose us. So that's going to happen. We know it's going to happen. So he says, we've got to be prepared. Because if we're not prepared, if we're not ready, when the attack comes, we'll fail. When the attack comes, our faith won't be strong enough for us to stand. And if our faith isn't strong enough for us to stand, he says, we'll yield. And when we yield to the temptation, when we yield to the attacks, when we yield to those trials that come in our life, we turn away from God. Because our faith didn't allow us to stand strong. And he says, I, I want you to be prepared to face those trials. And I want you to pray Pray, earnestly pray day and night that God's people are prepared to face the final judgment. So the question remains today, are we ready? Are we ready for the final judgment? If the Lord were to return today, are you ready? Am I ready? Are we prepared that we would be found blameless and righteous in the eyes of God? when He returns to claim those that belong to Him? Or we, will we be identified as His children? Will, will, will He recognize us as His heirs? Will He say, Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter in to my rest. And we spend eternity in the kingdom of heaven. And here's another question. What about those around you? What about those that are here today? Those that aren't here today? 
What about your neighbor, your co-workers, young people, the people you go to school with? Are they ready? Have we done our part to share the message so that they will be ready? Because that's what Paul says. He says, I'm praying earnestly day and night, consistently and continually, I'm praying so that, that you'll be prepared when the final judgment comes. Do we really care that there are people that we know We work with them, we go to school with them, we live next to them, we shop with them, all of the other things that we do in life. There are people that we know who if the Lord were to turn today, will spend eternity in hell. Does that matter to us? Is that important to us? Do we pray continually day and night, earnestly asking God, how do I make a difference in their life? What can I do to help them know so that they can be prepared for the final judgment. God, how can you use me? I need a tough faith for these troubled times. I need a faith that will motivate and encourage me to care about the lost and to do everything that I can to make sure that they're prepared for the final judgment. That's my encouragement today. That's a tough faith. That's a a faith that can stand up under the scrutiny of trials and temptations and difficulties in this life. Am I ready? And what am I doing to be sure that others are ready? That's my encouragement to you today. And so this morning, we're going to sing an invitation hymn. And as always, that invitation is a time for us to make decisions about our life, about where we are. How about your faith? Have you been keeping it strong? Have you been bolstering it up? In your prayer life, in your Bible study, in your worship, in in obedience and faithfulness to God? Or have you been letting it get weak? Has there been a little bit of that air leaking out a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time, until our faith is is inefficient, it's unaffected. And when the trials and temptations come, we're not ready to face them because we haven't kept our faith strong. We haven't kept kept it inflated as we should to get the most out of it that we can. What about are we prepared for for that final judgment when it comes. And what about our hearts for others? If there's a decision in your heart today about where you are in your spiritual journey, then we invite you to come as we stand and we sing.